0: I'm Chanel, and I work for the Internal Revenue Service. Are you an employer with fewer than 25 employees? Get the credit you deserve, the Small Business Healthcare Tax Credit. Whether you are a for-profit business or a tax-exempt group, if you pay at least half the cost of premiums for single-coverage health insurance for your employees, you may qualify. The credit has been around since tax year 2010 but some of the rules change for tax years beginning in 2014 or later. First, the maximum credit increases from 35 percent to 50 percent for small business employers and from 25 percent to 35 percent for small tax-exempt employers. Next, to claim the credit, generally employers must offer employees insurance purchased through the Small Business Health Options program known as the shop marketplace. And finally, in 2014 and subsequent years, the credit is only available to eligible employers for two consecutive taxable years. Although the maximum credit amount changes, the definition of a small employer has not. Usually, a small employer for the purpose of the credit is an employer with fewer than 25 employees, and those employees must earn low to moderate wages there are other special rules. For example, two half-time employees generally count as one full-time employee. So if you have more than 25 employees, and some are not full-time, you may still qualify for the credit. If you're a small business, you'll claim the credit as part of the general business credit on your income tax return using Form 8941. If you have no tax due, you can carry the credit back or forward to other years And since the credit will be less than the full amount of your premium payments, you may be eligible to claim a business expense deduction for the difference. That's both a credit and a deduction for employee health insurance premium payments. If you're a tax-exempt employer, you'll claim the credit on Form 990-T. And for you, the credit is refundable. That means you can get it even if you owe no tax. For more information, go to irs.gov
1: You're probably wondering, what exactly is that brewing in the coffee maker? It has a bold scent, deeply rooted in the earth, because of course the coffee beans... Also deeply roasted. It is a blend of Leviathan. If you haven't had a cup of Leviathan, then you haven't been to your local coffee shop lately. You ought to. And I'll tell you why. Now I know you've heard me say that I normally have my cup of Folgers in the morning, Folgers coffee, and yes, I do. Typically, that is exactly what I have, my Folgers coffee. But the other day, I was taking a stroll throughout the town, and I really wanted to... enjoy the fruits of participation of what so many businesses are trying to do, which is stay open. And it was quite clear that there was a little coffee shop just down the way that was still open, providing, through social distancing, freshly brewed coffee. Freshly brewed coffee? however, also freshly ground. And when coffee beans are freshly ground, they have a clear sense of freshness. That is why, today, this morning sunshine, I say, Leviathan. It has a clear sense, as I mentioned, of bold depth. Blue roasted. Also, though, it does have hints of peach, apricot, and berry, which is quite interesting because I can't tell if it's strawberry or blueberry or poisonberry or blackberry. I just know that it's a varietable. Most interesting because of the depth of the flavor of this coffee. Now, once you have also savored this coffee, do let me know if you also find it to be quite as tasty. Enjoy this morning sunshine. On the Dewpoint Report with Margarita.
2: doesn't do my bidding and follows the Constitution, sweep him away. We know that this president would never emulate George Washington and give up his power for the good of our republic even after losing an election. Somebody talked about a peaceful trans- transition. There has Norms nor reflects the rule of law. We know that this president is not a patriot. So I ask this House: who among us, Madam Speaker, will be recorded on the roll of history for their courage, their commitment, the Constitution, and their country? We do this today not for politics. today to preserve and protect this great democracy. We do it for the America we love, our America the beautiful, whose founders' sacrifices we praise in song. Oh, beautiful for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self, their country love, and mercy
1: And what you just heard were the final arguments regarding the second impeachment, which is now going to vote, and each representative is having to cast their individual vote, because by voice vote, although the Speaker found that it was in favor a request was made for individual representatives to cast their votes as they felt it was too close to call. And so enough time has been given. It'll take a while for each vote to be counted. And I will return in a moment with what the final decision is, but the House is now at this moment voting on the one article of impeachment which would in essence result in the second impeachment of President Trump. Arguments in favor and against have been occurring all morning.
3: I'm Michelle, and I work for the Internal Revenue Service. If you're an employer, the size of your workforce determines some of your requirements under the health care law. Although the vast majority of employers have a workforce size that falls below the threshold for several of these tax provisions, applicable large employers, or ALEs, have specific reporting requirements and are subject to the employer shared responsibility provisions. Your workforce size during the current year determines your ALE status for the next year. It's important to determine your ALE status each year because changes in the size of your workforce can affect your status and your requirements from one year to the next. So let's look at how you determine your workforce size and ALE status. You're considered an ALE if the average size of your monthly workforce for the prior calendar year was 50 or more full-time employees, including full-time equivalents. For these tax provisions, employees are considered full-time for a calendar month if they average at least 30 hours of service per week or 130 hours per month. Now, to determine the number of full-time equivalent employees, add the monthly hours worked by the employees who are not full-time, but don't include more than 120 hours for any employee, then divide that total by 120. We have several examples on irs.gov to help you figure out which employees to count and how to count them, including special rules for seasonal employees. Here's one more thing to keep in mind. If your business is part of a larger group of employers or businesses that are under common ownership or control, you may be considered an ALE even though your workforce is smaller than 50 employees. To determine the ALE status of the entire group, average all the full-time employees, including full-time equivalents, for the entire group. The ALE status of the combined group applies to each employer within the group. For more information on how to determine your ALE status and what your next steps are, visit irs.gov ACA.
1: To bring in the new year, 2021, one might think every new year is the same as we bring in at 12 o'clock a.m. We always say happy new year, but there's something very interesting and unique about 2021 that uh, really has everyone saying the same thing. Wanting it to be much different than any other new year in that we really want it to be much different than any other new year. Many say they want to forget 2020 because it was so complex, difficult, burdensome. burdensome in such a way that it made so many people suffer, and it was heart-wrenching to so many because of what many refer to as the pandemic, however, difficult also because so many layers upon layers of complexities which made people wonder how they would make it through the year because of so much that was occurring. Yet, for everyone who was and is here on this very moment, 2021, in the wee moments of the morning, It is a most interesting thing to wonder what will 2021 bring upon us all, yet most simply saying that everyone wants something anew, something different that is not the same as what 2020 had to offer. Something that was not, is not, and will not be as much the kind of suffering that 2020 brought upon. And moreover, the kind of year that truly does into the kind of happiness that the people at Times Square are truly hoping for, in particular the individuals that bring forth the planning of what the ball itself symbolizes when it is Brought down at 12 a.m. And what that symbolizes every year in beginning a new year. For 2020, the year was to symbolize serenity. 2021, the year is meant to symbolize happiness. And so let's all truly think about how that happiness can be brought upon for so many more people in such a way than it has been in the previous year. And as we do, what are the ways that one can be more melodious, more forthright, more Contemplative and thoughtful. In a year that will continue to require much of us because we truly cannot forget the responsibilities that were required of us in the previous year, as we will continue to need to be as responsible as we were in the previous year, if not more. Nonetheless, To happiness. To renewing a sense of calm, steadfast understanding of who we are as responsible individuals, community members, world members, and contributors to a world economy. For it is never to be misunderstood. that though we may have our immediate responsibilities, we are part of a bigger community that often reminds us how important we are. On a daily, on a weekly, on a monthly, and on a yearly basis. In such a way that we too are conscientious participants in the future, the present, in the past as it was, as it will be. Because of the ones that were before, will be, and once were. And welcome back to the last segment of this episode, Morning Sunshine 2021 and More. I know, I know. It seems the year has just begun, and here we are, already one month into the year, and it seems as though it already is the middle of the year. So much is happening, and continues to happen. But here's the thing. Why did I wait so long to share with you my New Year's message? You're probably wondering why even share it at this point? It's been so long. Oh, no, no, no. It is important to be able to share it and I'll tell you why. You see, I pondered, what exactly the year was going to begin to look like, given how difficult last year was. And I thought, you no, know, sending out a New Year's message is not prudent. Because so many people had so many expectations. Well, I shouldn't say had, because we all have. A lot of expectations, doesn't mean that our expectations are gone by any means. However, when I began to hear that many people did not even bother to create New Year's resolutions because of the concern that perhaps we may not even live up to our own expectations. I began to become very concerned over the fact that, does that mean that somehow we have already begun to lower our own expectations and the year hasn't even begun? And so I did this. I decided I wouldn't write out my traditional paragraph form of, New Year's resolutions and these big, mighty expectations of myself and what I might want to do, where I know that most of the time when I do my year-end analysis and introspection, I typically haven't completed all of them. Sometimes I've completed 70% of my goals, but there's always a few stragglers that do get away and I'm not able to complete them but that's typical 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 New Year's resolutions and I think that's just the expectation of why a new year is so important it allows us to create more goals more expectations more ability to grow and get better at who we are as people But here's the thing. If we don't create new goals and new expectations for ourselves, then how do we ever expect to get better at what we do or who we are or who we ever expect to become? And that's all right if we somehow fall short of our own expectations. What is not all right is when we decide that it's okay to just be short of our expectations, and never create new expectations, or never better ourselves to learn from our mistakes, that's where therein lies a big challenge. Because if we decide that uh, those expectations are no longer applicable, then we've not just lowered the expectations, we've dismantled the guidelines, and that's not appropriate. Not appropriate because we then lose the need to keep looking towards something. And if we're not looking at a calendar every day or looking at what comes next tomorrow, what can we do? And whether we have a job or not, we need to be able to have responsibilities. And that's why chores are so important. Chores and The ability to stick to routines are so important. And so, yes, it is necessary to analyze a situation and determine what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. For example, in the previous segments of this particular episode you already listened to some of the changes for healthcare. though some of the laws were applicable in 2010, there are some important changes which need to be listened to, whether you are an employer or not because it may, it may apply to you. And also necessary is why the second impeachment trial? Why the nuance of the second impeachment trial? Now, some of you are thinking, oh no, I don't want to keep talking or thinking about politics. Can we just stop the politics already? Because politics seems to have taken over the airwaves. Well, let me tell you why it's relevant the elections may be over but the conversation about the impeachment of the previous president are not and this is why when the trial began is about to begin as the jurors have already been sworn in and the process itself has already begun in the senate the reason for the second trial is clearly outlined. Now, the speeches that took place immediately after the what was a clear Followed through by people who believed that they were part of something, that they were being led to by the existing president at the time, not the one now. But this was President number forty-five. We now have President number forty-six in office, and he clearly told them he wanted them to go to protest there at the Capitol and to fight. Now, while he may not have intended for them to fight physically, in his words, he did say he wanted them to fight. And people interpret words in different ways. And this is why it is not taken lightly, because people were hurt in that process, and people passed away in that process. It was not a process. It was not a paper process. It was not something where someone just needed to file paperwork. I'm not talking about that kind of a process. I'm talking about people literally wanted to fight in this situation. This is why it was called an insurrection is what he was demanding. And this is why it is so serious of an allegation on behalf of the people who filed the article of impeachment. And so it it is interesting to hear the speeches immediately thereafter by the people who were... immediately impacted by the attack on Capitol Hill, and their energy level, how they felt, what they wanted to happen immediately, versus now, how some of them have changed their mind. And they don't want the same consequences today that they did the very day after, and the day of, that that event took now, why do I say this today? Because I say this, there is an officer's body in repose at the Capitol, sadly because he passed away, as a direct result of what happened that day. And they cannot be ignored and that also cannot be looked at any differently other than what many are calling for as part of this trial. Because what is clear is in the speeches which were noted in the previous segments is the energy the elected officials had immediately after. Why is that important? These individuals, as now has been identified, were part of an understanding, some kind of belief, that there was going to be an unveiling of sorts, and that our current president was not going to be president, and that the previous president was going to remain in office, and They were believing in facts that are, were not fact. And this sort of distorting of truths has made its way into the minds of people who have also been elected into office, particularly one woman who continues to speak of this in her current position now that she still continues to be elected. And as they are now currently speaking about whether or not she should continue to have committee assignments, the reason that I thought it is so relevant to be able to really finish this particular episode and add. The last portion of this segment to be focused on this particular elected official, and her name is Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has actually those beliefs of the particular organization which have some depths of conspiracy theories that are so extreme. Many are not discussing it in the media. However, if you look at the information that tracks the congressional bills, the Senate bills, she herself has filed impeachment articles against President Biden. And this is why it's additionally dangerous that her conspiracy theories and her conspiracy beliefs go to the depths of something much different than the elected officials that were elected to represent the people that elected them, but also a responsibility to the Constitution. And one has to really recognize this is beyond being able to censure someone. This is speaking to the responsibility of an elected official and the ability to legislate appropriately. Because these are serious allegations that she's putting forward. This is not... Something that she is uh, discussing, and then just saying, "Oh, I was just kidding. I, I'm, i just. It was all in in comedic, comedic form." No, the um, documentation that she has put forward in the articles of impeachment are. almost as if she is doing this exactly in opposite form to be able to utilize language that has been used before by Trump himself, President Trump himself, President 45, who in speeches has said very specific things through debates and other speeches about President Biden, President 46, and this is dangerous because things that are being brought up in those impeachment articles have already in some form, some of the sentences, have been brought up in the first impeachment trial. This is why it's dangerous. It's dangerous because did she get elected to legislate or did she get elected for this very purpose, to undermine the purpose of the governance of Congress? And you have to ask yourself, that is not... A positive beginning to the year 2021 in looking towards how to find relief for the country in how to help all Americans move forward during these most difficult economic times, most difficult health, public health economic times. Well, that is a direct effort to undermine the ability of the top leader to lead on the very first day of office. And so I want us to think about what does it mean when someone gets elected? This isn't just a conversation about top leadership. This is a conversation about all leaders who become elected officials. There is a very critical fiduciary responsibility, a very critical stewardship of governance that exists that should be held in the utmost reverence. And this isn't like choosing a pair of shoes and then you're like, mm, try those on today and I might wear those and uh, maybe I might uh, just you know, one. Um, yeah. Those are good ones. So maybe I'll, um, I'll wear those. And pretend that it's something someone wants to do. It is an important responsibility. And it is most clear that when someone enters into a responsibility that they don't really want to do, but they are most willing to destroy while they're in the process of being in that responsibility, that what they leave behind while they're there is a dusted trail of devastation But the devastation is not themselves. The devastation is the people who they were hired to lead. Because the responsibility to legislate is legislation over communities. And legislation is about making sure that funding and funding for buildings, for infrastructure, for education, for social services, this is all so important because it is a, and I'm talking about communities, they are, because it is, which is society, is it, it is a finely run machine. And when cogs are placed in the machine, it doesn't run as finely as it can. And this is why it is so obvious when there are cogs in the machine that are meant to not allow it to run finely. It's quite clear. However, when people do run for office because they want to legislate because they want to do the best for the communities upon which where they were elected to run from. It's clear results occur. It's clear they listen to the people that elected them, but they also communicate back to the people that elected them when things don't work out because not every single vote is going to go in accordance to what the people that elected them are always wanting because there has to be compromise sometimes based on what is able to occur because clearly speaking, budgets are not always open-ended and Where there is money that can be spent, there are also bills that have to be paid. And this is why it's a fine balance. And if we haven't understood yet how difficult last year was, this year will be even more difficult. Because clearly, as tax time approaches, a lot of the people that had difficult times, who had to close their doors, did not have the kind of income that they had last year year previous years and so it's going to be a difficult tax season and if people can't pay their taxes then what is going to happen to the national coffers? We have to really look at that clearly and so there cannot be all this expectation that money can flow from everywhere, particularly since we are all very aware that the entire world has been affected by the coronavirus. So let's really be honest and clear about what everyone's expectations are and stop pretending as if we can just have this open-ended, everything is always going to be some kind of open balance for everyone at every single moment. It isn't, it can't always be that way. Sometimes times are extremely difficult. And no, not everyone always wants to talk about how difficult times are. Sometimes people just keep going. And that's the toughest thing is that sometimes we lose the best people because sometimes the best people don't even talk about how difficult they have it because that's just how they are. They keep working through their most difficult moments and some of the challenges that were had last year were so difficult, we will never be able to determine how we will get back to financial solvency because we are at a point where we have held back An entire generation from their scholastic studies and we have to be clear about that some people have not been held back but so many have and it is devastating not only from an intellectual capacity but from a cognition standpoint and because we have lost so many of our national treasures, who had the historical context of our nation, it will be years before we can restore ourselves back to the treasure that we were. Make no mistake, we're still a country that Everyone respects, but there is a lot of respect lost because so many people decided to look the other way for so long, decided to pretend that things would just get better, if only, if only, but you can't, if only yourself, Throughout history, because if you, if only yourself throughout history, then that's how you, if only yourself out of history. And before you know it, people are like, who? What? When did that happen? And with that, I conclude my thoughts. With you today again, this was Margarita on the Dew Point Report. Yes, the Digital Electronic World Report. Slowly making my way through the beginning of 2020. But before I leave you, let me say, it is true. Puxetony Phil did see his shadow. And as a result, six more weeks of winter. So bundle up, buttercup. Stay warm, stay safe, be well. A to